Hey guys, it's Scott Short here, Empire Home Loan Corporation. My MLS number is 225998. My DRE license number is 01074493. That's a lot of words. I'm here with my buddy. Go ahead, Alex. Hi, Alexandra Ehrlich here, your ally in mastering strategies for conquering that credit game. Boom. Alex is a wizard. I mean, I don't know if it's a good, what do you call a, a wizard or a woman? I don't know what that word is, but you're just, you know, you're, you, I mean, she is beyond Wikipedia of knowledge on credit. So we've been watching a lot of Instagram garbage come out and people talking stuff. And it's a mess. So Alex, I'm going, Alex, I'm going to have her play the game of real or not real or real or myth. We don't call it. So the first one's going to come out of the box. And I use this option for protecting people from people pointing, you know, doing a trigger lead. So the website's called optoutfreescreen.com. So Alex, can you kind of walk through that stuff, how number one helps you keep out of the problem of getting someone trigger-leaded, what trigger-leaded it is. Number two is, does this boost your score? Go ahead. Absolutely. So opt-out prescreen's been around for years and years and years. And can it get you a couple points? Yes. Is it going to get you 10, 20, 30 points? Never. So if you're ever just looking for that little, little final finish line, Great. Feel free to do opt-out pre-screen. Now, here's the downside to doing opt-out pre-screen. The downside is you're not getting pre-screened and therefore all of the pre-approved offers that you might actually want to take advantage of, you're no longer eligible for because the computer has basically taken you out of that system. Now, don't get me wrong. Most of the time you don't want them and there's times and a time and a place. Right now, it's January. And so how many of us are looking at, we want to play the credit stacking, credit hacking game. So we're opening cards with whether it's Southwest Airlines to get that free buddy pass for two years right now, or whether it's to get 150,000 points or miles on a certain airline, whatever it is, the minute we take ourselves off by doing opt-out pre-screen, we now have to do a hard pull, hard check to actually be eligible for any of these new cards. Whereas if we wait, go look at these cards first and then opt out pre-screen after we've finished all of the new credit that we actually want, that's a better way to shop it. So so if I have somebody do an opt-out pre-screen site, go out there and opt out. So how long should they wait between the day they did it to the day I pull their credit and not let them go up to the trigger lead nightmare? How's that work? My personal, like, Favorite happy zone is five business days. And I'm also realistic. That doesn't always happen every time. So at least two. Put five business days in my notes. Thank you. So cool. My, so my next one here is something called credit boost or score boost. I know we talked about some in the past. Oh, this gives you 10 points or some crazy crap. So real or myth, let it go. Again, there's always, how did my mother say this? And, and maybe Scott, your mom might've said this at some point. So help me with the exact quote that in any, in anything you're ever told, there's a grain of truth. <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah. So we can go with that grain. However, does the grain feed you? Does the grain actually grow to more grain and get you a mortgage? That's where we kind of go, mm, maybe, maybe not. So as far as these boost products, as far as the self-reporting of rent, self-reporting of utilities, this is where we're really not going to see much point in If somebody has no credit history, absolutely, it's fine. However, make sure that it's reporting across all three bureaus and not strictly on Experian. I like Experian Boost for what the concept is of credit education. 
I don't like it for getting to the finish line and creating a and generating a credit score because it's not going to actually give you a real version that is going to give you a tangible and and substantial amount of credit increase. And if it's only on Experian, especially in the mortgage world, it's completely irrelevant because we need to look at three different scores. Yes, there's another rumor going around that there's going to be down to two, but we're talking years and years before that comes to fruition. So for today, for right now, if you're going to add anything to your credit report at all, whether it's as an authorized user, as an authorized user, whether you're paying your landlord to report your rent, make sure it's across all three bureaus. Make sure that it's actually a positive trade line, not something you're going late on. And that whoever's reporting understands not to mark you late unless you're truly more than 30 days. So so you, you tapped on something. It's down my line. I'm going to go to it now because you said authorized signer. So people know, oh, yeah, you can put your kids on your credit card going, well, they're in 18, so they have a credit card. I don't know how that works. And number two is like, I can have my friend help her score. So adding people to authorized signer, be your kids or a friend, go ahead. I love authorized user. It's still a fantastic credit hack. It, it's been going for years and years and years. Now, what people need to understand is how did it start in the first place? Authorized users started in the first place in the 60s because women were not allowed to have credit in their own names until the mid 70s. So they were authorized users on their husband's accounts, on their father's accounts, on their brother's accounts, because they needed to have a way to transact. So the authorized user gets all of the glory of all the positive things with none of the legal liability. So it's still an absolutely fantastic method for building, deepening, and expanding credit options. However, adding a child, I'm going to kind of take some of your bullet points one at a time, adding a child. There is no advantage whatsoever to adding a child before they turn at least 16. Here's why. Your child cannot legally get credit of their own until they turn 18. Second reason, and this is the biggie, especially for me, I've got a 16-year-old, I've got a 13-year-old, is by giving them credit now, you actually open them up to a higher occurrence of identity theft than if you didn't. And you're not gonna be checking it. And undoing it once they turn 18 in the 11th hour when they're applying for student loans, when they're applying for a car, when they're doing whatever, is gonna be a nightmare. Why even open that door? I also want each and every one of you guys just to stop for a second and go, okay, closing my eyes, envisioning, how much life have we had happen, any one of us, in the past five, 10, 15 years? In the past five years, I've closed over half of my accounts or reopened them because I consolidated, I changed my mortgage, I changed my credit card servicer, I changed my favorite airline. In the past 10 years, half the companies have gone out of business. In the past 15 years, I went through a divorce, I went through a bankruptcy, I went through foreclosure. Okay, why wouldn't you do this in the 11th hour when you can strategically choose which one you know is crystal clean? Awesome. Perfect, perfect. Then also, let's talk about, you kind of mentioned this a minute ago, is that FICO 10T. So that's kind of the new piece out there. Is it implemented yet? What's it mean to us? And what do you think? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you guys a cheesy analogy. If you guys have ever watched me come on and talk to Scott before, you know that I love my analogies and my stories. <laughs> so here's how I'm going to put it. 
we've all seen the magic trick, whether it's on YouTube or whatever, of like this, this 20 foot long table of, of China and crystal and the magician comes and yanks the entire tablecloth out. And we're like, how did that happen? Well, let's stop. It's physics. It's physics. <laughs> they perfectly counterweighted everything to where when he pulled, it really wasn't a big deal. Now, let's imagine, because we know we haven't seen it because it doesn't exist, a Jenga game. Like, let's go ahead and call it four feet tall. And it's on that precipice and the whole thing's shaking. There is nobody. There is nobody good enough. Well, watch, someone's going to prove me wrong. There's no good enough to yank the tablecloth out from that Jenga game and leave it still tottering. That's what's going on when it comes to credit scores and this new implementation. So we have this great table. Okay, table is called lending. Then we put this tablecloth on it, which is called rules and regs and, and compliance. Cool. Then we put what on top of it? So the perfectly beautifully set table is credit. Mm -hmm. However, the Jenga game is underwriting. We have spent, the last update we had was in 2004, almost 20 years, you guys. So we have 19 years of Jenga game underwriting rules that have been stacked on this table, on this tablecloth, because they haven't been able to figure out how to put a new system in place and how to adopt a new score. So now they finally say, yes, Yes, we have these two new scores. Okay, great. We're going to do Vantage. We're going to do FICO. Okay. Well, what do we do with this Jenga game of underwriting? What do we do with this tower? Do we collapse it and rebuild it? Okay, so do we stop lending in the meantime? What do we do? And that's where I'm saying, in my opinion, this is going to be just like trended data. This is going to be just like... um overlays and underwriting caveats that we've seen tried and pulled back. I think that when we get down to brass tacks, if it actually gets used, let alone a two score system, I think CFPB is going to have a heyday with this. Um, when we finally, if we do, we're talking at least three years, probably closer to five. And by then we're going to have who knows what other models that have get get proposed, who knows what we're going to take out and put into the underwriting mix. And so good chance it'll never even happen. So that's good. Thank you. So next one for you. I'm trying to, trying to stump it. I haven't stumped yet. <laughs> so next one's going to be, uh, somebody said, creditors don't have the legal right to sell your, your account to a collection company. You can sue them and not have a collect. I call baloney. You guys, let's get real here. Is there a million things and caveats on why something is inaccurate and non-verifiable. Yes, yes, absolutely. That That is something I talk to every single day. But let's be real. The whole point of credit reporting, the whole point of credit bureaus is accountability. Why were they founded and created in the 60s and 70s? They were created for accountability and to measure risk. So all of these things can go on because these are for-profit entities. And even though they are regulated, they are very, very minorly regulated, especially in comparison to banks and to larger institutions. You have a contract. I'm going to give an example. And this is one that I, I get asked all the time. Well, my divorce decree says that my ex-husband is now responsible for the car payment. 
So all these late payments aren't my problem and they're not accurate. Well, wait a sec. Did you sign the contract? Yes. Did you go into the car dealership and show your driver's license and do all the things? Yes. Well, guess what? That bank contract supersedes your state divorce and it is accurate. It is legal. Now, are there probably a million nuances now that we've reached technology points in our society that make it inaccurate? Yes. Can we hang our hat and work to delete things based on the technological inaccuracies and the steps not being followed? Yes. But you cannot just simply walk away from a debt. That's another one that I'm seeing all the time now is, oh, you don't legally have to pay collections. Oh, you don't legally have to pay charge-offs. Baloney. Baloney. You guys, don't take this to be fact. Are there times that you don't legally have to pay? Yes. But don't just assume. Assuming is an acronym. It makes an ass out of you and me. Don't do it. You don't need to. Because here's the reality. Unless you're past the statute of limitations, unless you're past the actual legal strongholds, unless you've truly had either an attorney or a very well-practiced individual read over the, the legalese of whatever it is you signed that you don't even remember signing, because let's think about it. Every credit card holder agreement is probably like 20 pages. 90% of you guys, 99% of you guys don't read every word. It's okay. I'm not telling you to. I am saying though, if you haven't gone through and checked all of those pieces, odds are that you are somehow liable and by poking the bear and not paying and then trying to get it deleted off your report, you're going to probably go to judgment. You're going to have your bank account and your paycheck garnished, and you're going to be in a way worse spot than if you would have talked to a professional, got advice on scripting, got advice on whether it's due and came up with a game plan first. Proactive is always better than reactive. So, so I know you're on limited time today. Let's do this. Let's, how do you get a hold of you for your services? I know you do all these things you're talking about. Let's break it down real quick. Yep. Feel free to hop on my YouTube channel. I've got a ton of little videos like this. Uh, Alexandra Ehrlich, just my first and last name. You can also hop on my website or any of my social media. It's Alexandra Ehrlich, E-R-L-I-C-H. And you can always call or text me at 303-668-0300. And spell Alexandra. It's not Alexandra. It's Alexandra. Spell it for us. A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A. -A -A. There's no S. <laughs> So that's the key for it because a lot of people think Alexandra. So that's yeah. cool. So guys, she's phenomenal. You got to use her. She does a one-on-one -on -one consultation. You are the person they talk to. It's not some person out of some other country that doesn't speak English or whatever happens. We got Alex here. She's phenomenal. I've known Alex for many years and she's never let me down yet. So I appreciate you, Alex. Thanks for coming on. This is the last minute thing. So we'll see you soon. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll be out. Thanks, guys.